0: Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. May is usually a quiet month on the Michigan athletic scene, with the exception of softball and baseball. Coach Carol Hutchins and her team are once again regional champions and headed to the Super Regionals later this week to take on Missouri. Coach Eric Bakich and baseball had a much better season than expected. They didn't end the season on a high note last weekend against Illinois. They are primed and ready for the Big Ten tournament coming up this week in Omaha. We'll have more on both of those teams coming up on Quick Hits later in the show. When the calendar rolls over to June next week, Jim Harbaugh and his staff will begin a satellite camp frenzy. How it will affect recruiting, only time will tell. Joining me next on game day to discuss that and more on our May recruiting update is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports, here on The Michigan Man, on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Steve Lorenz is next. for our may recruiting update on our game day segment this week is steve lorenz from 24 7 sports great to have you back again steve always good to be on mike appreciate it well as we wind down this month of may steve uh, june right around the corner just next week the class of 2017 still at 12 verbal commitments isn't it
1: yeah for now should grow um could grow pretty soon, you know, by how many, I don't know, but, but I would expect June, I'm, I'm expecting that they'll get some additions probably.
0: And by just about everyone's measure, still a top 10 class, uh, just about every service you look at, right, Steve?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I think uh, the funny thing too, I think uh, there's about four or five verbals right now uh, that I would say what you would have like uh, upward mobility, I suppose. Uh, so I think there's a few guys in the class that are legitimately underrated. Uh, there are a couple guys that I think with, Strong senior seasons uh, will probably also move up as well. So uh, eighth, according to the rankings, maybe in actuality, really, to me, probably like a fifth or sixth type class right now.
0: One of the things that's fun about this time of the year is watching Twitter and uh, all of these kids that are getting offers. Some of them I've never heard of, but we're seeing a lot of them. Um, They tweet that, hey, I have an offer from uh, the University of Michigan, from Coach Harbaugh. Have you heard of any uh, of these kids that are are close to a verbal or maybe we thought weren't on Michigan's radar until recently that changed their view on Michigan?
1: Sure. So uh, two guys that immediately kind of come to mind are uh, Alexandria, Virginia, uh, Episcopal four-star Luigi Villain. Uh, Villain got an offer from Michigan a couple months ago. Uh, so he was a guy that used to play in Canada uh, a couple years ago. Moved to Virginia to play in the United States. I think for a little little more competition. Uh, was actually a guy. He's visited Michigan like four or five times. Uh, they used to come up for the when he was in Canada. They came up for the Sound Mind Sound Body camp in Detroit every year, and they would always go visit Michigan over there. Uh, Harvard staff have uh, finally offered him a couple months ago turns out it looks like Michigan was probably the offer he really really wanted uh, he came up to campus just this last weekend and and uh, right now it'd be a major major surprise if uh, if he didn't pledge uh, to Michigan pretty soon maybe as soon as a couple weeks from now so he's kind of one of those June uh, names that I was kind of thinking of uh, when you mentioned that uh, another guy to maybe keep an eye on too. another defensive end is uh, James Hudson from Toledo Central Catholic High School? Uh, another guy that was up there this weekend. Michigan offered him. He was committed to Kentucky until well, about a week and a half ago. Uh, his reopened now, and Michigan may be the school that's in best position for him. Uh, I think Michigan State is still obviously a factor with him. He already, ha- he already has an offer with them. Uh, he's got Alabama. I think he's got. I think he's got offered too, but. Uh, you know, he's a four-star guy, another defensive end. Greg Madison was down there town too long ago to check in on him, and then Mike Zordich followed up last week, and, uh, you know, he was on campus and really liked it. So those are two guys uh, that maybe have kind of popped up in the last, like, few weeks or so that all of a sudden look like viable options for Michigan.
0: Do we expect June to be a, a a big month for commitments? I mean, these kids are out of high school, then you know they have their own senior seasons to uh, start concentrating on in July and August. Or is uh, do we even know? You know,
1: I don't. I don't really know. Uh, I think they're busy. The satellite camp schedule uh, kind of throws things a little bit for a loop. As far as you know, they're going to be on the road. They mm-hmm. won't have as many opportunities to host kids as as maybe they normally would i mean they'll have their week of camps in ann arbor uh so they'll have the a4 where they have all the quarterbacks up uh they actually are doing the big man camp this year with uh tim drebno and then a bunch of former Michigan offensive linemen will be there that camp actually may end up with a lot of very good high school offensive linemen up there i know uh a uh, five-star uh, TJ Slayton is is supposed to be there, and his teammate Kyle Leon Herbert, both are from uh, American heritage in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, both those guys are supposed to be there. And then there's, haven't confirmed it yet, but a uh, five-star Wyatt Davis out of uh, Bellflower, California, just outside of LA, uh, is supposed to be there too. So, you know, they'll have that week where they may, may maybe get some guys on campus, and uh, those will pretty much those will be the situations where you know maybe they'll get a verbal commitment or not but i i mean will they get a verbal on the satellite camp tour i mean they did get a few last year so it's it's you you can't say that they won't uh but but you know and we've talked about this before but based on the way some of those verbals from the satellite camps went last year you wonder if they may take a different approach uh, to the camp situation so Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see could be big could be minimal. I mean, you know, we'll just have to see.
0: Well, the 12 uh, verbals that we do have right now, Steve, uh, Dylan McCaffrey uh, in the news in the last few days is he's advancing to the Elite 11. Easily the marquee name in this class, isn't he?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's a marquee name not just because he's a really good quarterback, but obviously, you know, because of the name on the back of his jersey. uh, You know, he immediately elicits recognition from from most people just as, as being Christian McCaffrey's brother. Uh, you know, Dylan, not really a guy that opens up, talks too often with the media. Uh, but from what I know about him, not a guy that shies away. Maybe from from being Christian's younger brother. You know, some I don't know some situations may may feel like he's in a shadow or or what. But I think he's a guy that uh, wants to create his own name and, and plans to. Um, but but yeah, I mean, he's he's the crown jewel right now. He really probably is the crown jewel. Uh, for them at the beginning of the cycle, probably really the number one guy at any position on their board. So uh, to have that wrapped up this early and to have him rock solid, I mean, there's no doubt that, in my mind anyway, it would take something catastrophic for him to sign elsewhere. Uh, To have that wrapped up early is uh, you can't ask for a better position to be in because quarterback is the one spot where they may be able to help with you know, bringing in some other guys, you know, Mm -hmm. I've always kind of thought, I've always kind of thought the recruits recruiting other recruits thing was a little bit overrated because I think most people kids usually end up signing where they feel most comfortable, not necessarily where somebody else is. Uh, But, you know, for wide receivers, tight ends, those guys, the chance to play with a guy that, that you're, you pretty much know is going to be a really productive quarterback in college is, is an enticing, you know, situation.
0: The 12 commits that we do have, Steve, A.J. Dillon, and Omari Samuels, are, are really starting to get attention from a, a lot of the big-name schools. Are they still pretty much, in your opinion, solid verbals for Michigan?
1: Yeah, there's been nothing uh, out there to suggest that they're not. Um, Michigan really likes both of them. Not a situation where I maybe see them recruiting over them. Uh, you know, those are actually, we. you know, at the beginning I mentioned guys that are underrated. Uh, I actually think both those guys fit that bill. Uh, I personally, and I don't know, there might be probably some other people that feel this way, but I know I do. Uh, I would take this that tandem over the Kareem Walker, Kingston Davis tandem in 2016. Um, not, and that's of course that's not a knock on on the guys last year. They both have are capable of being great running backs at Michigan, but both both Samuels and Dylan are. Just super high ceiling guys. I mean, Dylan ran a 4-6 laser time 40 at 233 pounds. I mean, that's ridiculous. And uh, and and Samuel's right now is the national spark leader. Uh, you know, the spark score is, is a combination of 40-yard dash, shuttle time, power ball, and vertical jump. And then there's like a formula they use, you know, to to come out with a, that spits out a spark number.
0: And uh, his number
1: is the highest in the country right now. And uh, that's usually a good indicator that this guy's a, a different style athlete. So, uh, you know, I think they have two guys that are potential home run hitters at running back. and, and uh, But as far as I know, as, as far as their verbals go, I've I been not given any indication otherwise. So, you know, I think Michigan fans uh, should be comfortable and being excited about those guys still
0: do you think we're in for another uh, kind of recruiting finish the likes of which we witnessed with the class of 2016
1: i hope not uh you know the, the last last couple months of last cycle were probably the craziest i've dealt with since i started doing this you know mike i think michigan there's no need you know for them for for them to put themselves in that kind of position like they did last year in my opinion uh you know, we know that they should have a good season on the field this year, uh, and they should have their their pick uh, at the end of the day. You know, they should end up with with a class that resembles the class they're hoping for. So, you know, in my opinion, I, you know, I don't think they're going to go that route again. Uh, I don't think you're going to see them continue to take verbal commitments from guys that they maybe won't sign. Uh, but but again, I mean, I just I don't know. I I, I, do, I do know this. I mean, they're they're still recruiting a lot of guys, uh, across the board and, uh, because they have the manpower to do so. And they're just aggressive. I, I get the, I kind of get the impression that the Harbaugh and, and the staff, like they just don't know any better. They're just continuing to grind and, and, and recruit all these guys, uh, at, at positions where, you know, they're still recruiting a lot of running backs. Um, but I just don't know if they're going to put themselves in that you know, positioned to, to be criticized, you know, again and again, you know, because last year they uh, did, I thought felt, open themselves up a little bit, you know, to some of the criticism they got for the, for the handling of uh, just a couple of them, not all of them, not like the Swenson one was, was overblown. I don't really think that was a, as much on Michigan as it was portrayed, but maybe the Rashad Weaver, uh, you know, type situation that, that really, you know, there's no need for them to, to even, do that, you know, because they're going to get good guys and and they don't need to take chances on lower rated guys, you know, if they still have high rated guys on their board, you know, if that makes sense.
0: Well, we know Jim Harbaugh uh, by now, we all know uh, he's a great recruiter. We knew that coming in. Uh, Tyrone Whitley, named by uh, one of the services as the top recruiter in college football right now. Steve, who else on that staff impresses you on the recruiting trail and, and that you've heard good things about from other coaches and other folks in the recruiting game?
1: The first two names that come to mind for me, uh, you know, Chris Partridge is, is a lot like Wheatley, uh, kind of a grinder. Uh, you know, I just posted a short piece last week about how I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how Michigan does in Georgia uh, going forward. You know, Georgia is one of those states that really, you know, they always talk about California, Texas, Florida as being, you know, kind of the, the prime locations, you know, for prospects in the country. But Georgia really is not far behind at all. But a lot like other states in the SEC footprint, a kid from Georgia gets a Georgia offer. A lot of times, that's where they're going to go. It's not a very easy state, you know, for anybody, let alone Michigan up north to kind of get into. Well, that state is being split recruiting-wise by Wheelie and Partridge, who are probably their two most aggressive recruiters. So, you know, I, and and they've already they've already offered a lot of guys in 17, and they've offered a lot of guys in the 18 class kind of interested to see how those two do uh, because I think maybe pound for pound, I think it's, they're the two best recruiters on the staff. So, uh, you know, Chris Partridge is, is right there uh, with Wheatley and, and, you know, he does his work in New Jersey, which we all know about. And then, uh, you know, he's also been in Texas a little bit too, you know, so they've, the fact that they're putting him in kind of those tougher to recruit areas for Michigan is, is a really good indicator where they, where they feel about him as a recruiter. And the other one too which has been really pretty cool, is that Don Brown has gotten extremely rave reviews uh, as a recruiter from everybody I've talked to. Uh, You know, when Joshua Ross committed to Michigan, you know, I think we all knew that Ross would eventually commit to Michigan at some point would be in the legacy. And, you know, Michigan was pretty far in front the whole time. But he committed earlier than he even anticipated and uh, basically said it was because of Don Brown you know, because of sitting down with Coach Brown and and, and learning about his defense and just getting to know him. He liked him so much that, you know, he decided he wanted to verbally commit then. And, uh, you know, he's kind of a guy I feel like has brought some maybe small-town values, I guess, to a big-time game like recruiting, you know. And and from what I've been told, he hasn't changed his approach from what he did at Boston College at all. He's a real guy. Um, You know, he, he was labeled by some guys at Boston college as like sort of a father figure type guy. And, and that's kind of the impression that we've gotten, you know, from talking to prospects, you know, that have maybe been recruited by him. So, you know, I think Don Brown's another guy that really goes, he, he was a huge question mark recruiting wise. You never know, you know, from a guy coming from Boston college, you know, what, you know, how's he going to do with, you know, top names down South or, you know, out West and stuff. But so far, I mean, he's, he's been an A plus hire on the recruiting trail in my opinion.
0: With us on our game day segment this week, uh, which is also our May recruiting update, is Steve Lorenz from 24/7 Sports. Steve, coming up in June, Coach Harbaugh has, I think, I think maybe I've lost track, 31 camp appearances uh, uh, scheduled for he and his staff, and I've even heard there could be more. That is just a, a breakneck pace for the Michigan staff, Steve, isn't it?
1: It is. I'm interested to see, you know, like how how it goes, what the reviews are. Um, I mean, that's that's just a lot of pure work, labor, you know, for a regular person uh, to go through, uh, you know, and for, for, you know, Harbaugh's kind of that like robot like style guy. Like he just, he's everywhere. He's always like every, he's just like looks like he's always like full of energy and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I'm just wondering about the rest of the staff, you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I was told that uh, at the coaching clinic, I don't know if it was this year, or if it was last year's, uh, he was, the Harbaugh was asked about the satellite camps and said that, uh, you know, he would not make an assistant coaching hire if they weren't willing to go all in on on something like these camps. So, uh, you know, it's breakneck is probably the best word to describe it. Um, you know, they are going to split squad a little bit too. I mean, so it's not as if uh, every staff member is going to be at every camp. So, uh, and I mean, they, they just can't because there's like three camps in one day on some days. So it is just impo- literally impossible, you know, for the whole staff to make all these camps. But Uh, You know, we were told that that they're that they're all in on it and that they know, uh, you know, they knew what they were getting into when when they started this. And and the other thing, too, that we were told is that, you know, year one was I think uh, I think they did nine camps in seven days. Uh, We were told that the the plan was always for year two to to take that next step forward, you know, provided they didn't ban them, which obviously, as we know, they tried to, um, you know, that the second year was to take another step forward with them. You know, so for most of these guys who have been on staff for the second year, they already kind of knew. You know, they've been well prepared. You know that this is going to be what June was like for them. So, you know, it'll be interesting to me. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I mean, they are going all over the place. And uh, you know, I don't know if you saw this morning, but the Australia camp, uh, they have to change the sponsor. Oh uh, no, no, Australia. Yeah, Pro Kick Australia can't sponsor it, but apparently they're going to find a sponsor. So that trip is still on. But, but yeah, I mean, breakneck pace, you know, is, is probably the best way to describe it. But here's the one thing, though, Mike. They have a bunch of assistant coaches on staff who probably want to be head coaches someday. They know that Jim Harbaugh is the guy that can get them there. And and doing all this stuff and, and going that extra mile and stuff, is, is I think are the types of things that I think at the end of the day, I think these guys look at ways that they're going to help advance their own careers. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I've always kind of kept in mind, uh, when, when approaching a subject like, yeah, 31 camps in 30 days, you know, so I feel bad. I kind of feel bad for them just because I, I can't imagine doing it, but at the same time, I, you know, they're going to have fun. They're going to travel the country and, um, you know, I, you know, I really do think that there is a virtuous angle to it too i really do think that jim harbaugh just loves to teach the game and wants to teach it to as many people as he can i really do believe that you know whether it's the primary motivation behind it or not i don't know but i do think that there's a certain level of this that really does come down to that i do think he looks at it that way so you know i think they also look at it as, as that an opportunity to have fun and, and coach the games some kids
0: Steve, now that the satellite camp situation has been put to rest, at least for now, there is still a question of spring practice being taken off campus. Do we expect the NCAA to give that some attention anytime soon?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would expect it sooner rather than later. Um, I think there's a much higher possibility of that being banned flat out than you know, because I, 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 I think they'll. I also still think they'll revisit the satellite camp situation. Um, and I, 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 my belief is that there'll be some kind of middle ground, you know, in, in between from what's going on now where it's become sort of free for all, which it, I, you know, my opinion is fine it, you're basically, you know, Michigan's going on 31 camps. That's, that's their, that's their choice, you know, that that's being paid for by, you know, the university, by boosters or whoever, you know, if they want to go out there and work that hard, then they should let them. But I, I do think that there is going to be eventually some limitations put on it. But, but the spring practices, I just, I don't know. I feel like that's going to be, I feel like that's probably going to go away. I mean, just based on what we were told originally. And uh, I think, I think that elicited more of a negative reaction uh, nationwide than the satellite camps did, you know? So again, I, it's an innovative idea. It obviously was a huge benefit for the team. It it appeared to anyway in about every way, shape or form. Um, But I mean, we kind of know how these things go. So that's the impression we were immediately given after they got back from IMG that uh, that may have been a one-and-done type deal.
0: Well, we just talked uh, moments ago, Steve, about the schedule for Jim Harbaugh and his staff in June being just um, off the charts, crazy. Uh, It looks like your June schedule is going to be pretty interesting, too. Uh, How many of these camps do you think you might get to?
1: Good question. Uh, We've been kind of mapping it out right now. Uh, I think from our standpoint... You know, and this is something that we even kind of had to tell our readers, you know, the coaches aren't going to be made available after a lot, any of these, as far as I know. Uh, so uh, if if only because they'll be running to a plane to get on to get to the next one, you know, even if they, even if there was a lot of time set aside, I don't even know if they'd be able to do it just because they're they're going to be on the go. Um, we're going to find out where Harbaugh is and we're going to try to get to as many of those as we can, but um You know, otherwise, it really is, it's not much different uh, as far as uh, the way we would attack it, uh, you know, getting visit reactions from kids who visit campus, you know. So if they're in Pearl, Mississippi, probably get a hold of a couple kids down in Mississippi that went and and see how it went for them type thing. Uh, Because also in a lot of them, it's either a free-for-all to talk to the kids afterwards or they don't let you talk to the kids afterwards either. So, um, you know, and because there are so many of them and there might be subtle little subtle differences in how they handle things. Um, our biggest thing right now has been trying to to, to educate ourselves and, and prepare ourselves, you know, to, I guess, just do it the most efficient way possible. So uh, I'm not going to be jet setting across the country in June, thankfully, <laughs> um, but we'll definitely be on the road though. I mean, we're, we're definitely going to get to some of them. So it, it'll be fun. You know, it'll be interesting to always interesting to see, you know, the national spotlight, you know, on Michigan and, and, uh, you know, maybe hopefully get some interesting viewpoints or reactions from people that that are at these.
0: Well, there you go, Michigan fans. Uh, Always looking forward to recruiting updates, and no one better than Steve Lorenz from uh, 24-7 Sports, uh, as he joins us quite often. So, Steve, I know June's crazy. I hope you get a a little bit of downtime or sneak a little in somewhere uh, before the season starts. But we uh, look forward to our next visit, and hopefully in July we can get you back on June or July and see what's going on.
1: Sounds good, Mike. Appreciate it, as
0: always. Thanks to Steve Lorenz for being with us today on our May recruiting update. Up next is Wolverine Quick Hits as we wrap it up for another week. Here on The Michigan Man, on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's in brew. On Wolverine Quick Hits today, the number two ranked University of Michigan softball team registered a pair of early solo homers and broke out with a four-run fifth inning to defeat number 23 Notre Dame 6-2 in the NCAA Regional Championship game on Sunday afternoon in front of 2,523 fans at the Wilpon Complex, home of Alumni Field. The Wolverines will host Missouri, the winner of the Columbia Regional, and the best-of-three NCAA Super Regional on Saturday and Sunday at Alumni Field. Saturday's game will begin at 3 p.m. on ESPN, while Sunday's action will start at noon, also on ESPN. A third game, if necessary, would be at 3 p.m. Sunday on ESPNU. Michigan brings a 49-5 season record into this weekend's action. The best of luck to Coach Carol Hutchins and her team as they make another run at a national championship. A two-run homer from senior Cody Bruder and a three-for-four outing from junior Johnny Slater were not enough on Saturday as the University of Michigan baseball team fell to Illinois by a 6-3 score in the regular season finale at Illinois Field. Despite the loss, Michigan will move on to the Big Ten tournament as the number 5 seed and face number 4 seeded Ohio State on Wednesday. Michigan Edders tournament play with a 35-19 record, 13-10 in the Big Ten. The best of luck to coach Eric Bakich and the guys down in Omaha this week. A reminder to like us on Facebook at The Michigan Man Podcast and follow us on Twitter at The Michigan Man, where you can also follow Wolverine Sports Radio at go Blue Radio. Our free show apps are available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. Get the app and take us with you wherever you go this summer. That will do it for this week. A reminder that we're on our summer schedule of two shows a month until August, so our next show will air on June 8th. I hope to have another Michigan Man Extra sometime in June. I'll let you know via Twitter and Facebook just when that will air. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone, including a great Memorial Day weekend. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, Go Blue!